Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. A year and a month ago, I finally made the switch after 10 plus years of doing the video podcast thing, realizing I didn't have much to offer in the video realm and so much more to offer in audio. So uh, I become a big fan of the Why Waterloo podcast and a bigger fan of B-San and Alex's people, at least via Twitter and so forth. So very graciously, they acquiesced and made their way over following KW's recovery from this horrific onslaught of icefall that weekend before. Uh, for subtext here, I was flying off the seat of my pants structurally at the time, as in I didn't really have a structure, but there is a way to rein in and be a host, whereas I was just thinking at the time it would be cool if I got the guests talking about stuff and occasionally weighed in, and I'm no good at this midweek in the morning, but I tried. Nevertheless, these strangers went from responding to my emails to sitting down with me, like meeting me that day. I didn't realize how lucky I was to meet them, as overwhelmed and gracious as I already was, but ultimately, and this is my insecurity pointing this out, but I had to give up wanting to stay in contact with either Alex or B-San, both because they're very busy and hardworking people, but also add because I can't help projecting my, an image of myself as a slobbery mess in their minds, someone who just made an unsavory impression, and I want to apologize to them if I was, considering they took the time away to stop by here and chat. Again, I'm acknowledging that I know that they're both busy, and it's my bullshit. I shouldn't take other people's silence personally, and you shouldn't either. So to everyone listening... Enjoy this chat with Alex Kinsella and B. San Zubi and myself from April 18th, 2018. I want to welcome Alex Kinsella. Did I, am I pronouncing okay? And B. San Zubi. B. San Zubi. Yeah, on the way in the room, you said, this is where you tape. And I'm like, yeah. Because I don't even think about it, but I prefer the words of analog. I, just, I grew up with tape and air and... Uh, yeah, it's weird. I, I just can't break out of it. How could you be part of the tech community when you're a mechanic? Yeah, it's just, it's such a weird thing to say, right? But like, I remember, like in high school, we had a we had like a pirate radio station because we built a AM transmitter, uh-huh. and we would just at lunchtime we would broadcast, and we'd like it was bad. Like we would we would like block out other AM signals. I'm surprised nothing ever bad happened to us for doing it. The FCC didn't like. I was, and it was during the like pump up the, pump volume, up the volume time. Was one of my favorite movies. And I think right? that was part of like our inspiration for yeah. it too because we're, we're super nerds and love Christian Slater. Oh, and uh, such a good movie. Though. How old were you when this happened? Uh, 14 or 15, 15, 15, 16. I went to the wrong take. school because I, yeah. I didn't have any friends. We had, uh, we had some, we had some kids who knew how to do stuff from Radio Shack and they could yeah. go in and, uh, yeah, phantom power through a uh, makeshift AM transmitter, and uh, be surprised what you can do. That's See, I'm awesome. a little younger than you, so I got um, I got pump up the volume like on its second run, like when yeah. it was just like showed on like Showcase yeah. or Bravo right. at like 12:30 at night. <laughs> so it was like my secret movie, and I was like, fight the power, all that <laughs> stuff. I'm actually always surprised that movie never comes back as like a. Uh, it's such a good movie. Well, you think about like student activism yeah. today, yeah. and that is a movie about student activism, yeah. and like there's like a whole thing about like bullying and mm-hmm. suicide and all those other like yeah, and like know, profiling profi- and, yeah. and and yeah, all and like class Slater. and Christian Slater, like, <laughs> which is universal. Yeah, but in like good music, I think one of the most solid soundtracks from a movie of oh, like yeah. I mean Leonard Cohen, like yeah. Beastie Boys, like uh, oh, it was it was it's a really good soundtrack. There's a if you were going to say like there's a trilogy, a Christian Slater trilogy, it would be um, pump up the volume. Yes, um, Heather's, Heather's, and and gleaming the cube, which is one of the most underrated skateboarding. I've never seen movies. that movie. Oh, I was I true was going to say no, no true. No, I, I think, but of like this weird, like you know, how, like, oh, you could say okay. like there's like the um, like the Spielberg like Running Man trilogy yeah. of like Catch Me If You Can and Minor Report and so thematically linked. Yeah. Thematically linked would be would be yeah, gleaming the cube. Gleaming the Cube, Pump Up the Volume, and Heathers, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I think are the three greatest Christian Slater films ever. Now I gotta go see Heathers again, too. Oh, it. There was a BuzzFeed it. quiz, and I'm Heather McNamara, and I'm like, yeah, I am. Thanks, I think BuzzFeed. Princess Cinema and uh, Apollo's buttholes are tingling just I, hearing you know, that. I could, uh, I, I should it. talk to them about curating that. Ouch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so well, good interview. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're done. See you later. <laughs> As you can tell by my last remark, I what I like about this podcast right now is that 
because let me introduce the context of this. First of all, we'll get into to more about how your podcast came to be because that's that's really what what I want to. Uh, enough of this fun talk. I want to <laughs> get you guys to talk uh, promotionally, Work. but uh, with Why Waterloo, uh, you guys are very. I don't know what broadcasting experience you have or announcing experience you have going into this, but you guys speak greatly on the show, and the chemistry is great. And like, I, I just assumed maybe there was a prior experience in front of mics, but no. <laughs> it's it's also it's also classy. Like, you, it, oh, there's no mistaking you guys for children. You're you're adults, but with uh, youthful personalities. Whereas I'm just a child. <laughs> in a you know thirty something is a body, um, but right now we have this combination of of you guys, and then I force myself sort of subconsciously to be uber degenerate. So mm. I apologize in advance. No, no, no. It's fine. I like this. One time Alex had made me, so I'm going to say it now. One time Alex, the only time Alex has ever made me recut, like say, like I said something on the podcast and he's like, no, we can't say that, yeah. was when I referred to um, a Shape of Water as Grinding Nemo and he was like, no, we can't do that. <laughs> but I, yeah, so we we have constraints in yeah, a good way. Do. I, I don't, I, I never look at constraints as being a negative. Constraints are what form creativity because you have to think your way around them. Yeah. Right. Like I hate open-ended things. I like I like closed systems. So the fact that we have, you know, we represent a non-for-profit and there's you know a, a very mixed audience of people who would not appreciate Grinding Nemo. <laughs> uh, but you it, know, maybe there's people who would appreciate Grinding Nemo. They would. They would. Grinding they would Nemo. super. They would super yeah. appreciate it. But I, I like. I love that constraint yeah. of just having to go. Okay, how can I do this in a way that is still true to to us? But um, at the same time, letting us, you know, represent. Yeah, and I think that's what we wanted from Why Waterloo is that we wanted this to be something that really like a tool for people in the region to use to know what's going on, but also that somebody who doesn't live here um, could find out more. And so we didn't want to make it super exclusive or super kind of inside baseball. We really wanted to make as much of a an accessible and entertaining kind of podcast. And so it's interesting how we can kind of toe that line between um uh trying to be fresh and trying to have you know our fun banter which we always enjoy our banter um uh and also kind of creating a professional product that is like you know a communications tool for us i'm always surprised at how it sounds i'll listen to it every now and then like like, this isn't bad no i know i listen to our podcast and i'm like we're funny yeah like it's not and it's it's like my my only real broadcast experience would be um like as like doing press, right? Like I would do, um, can't think what the word is now briefings, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would, I'd be like, I do on camera stuff. Right. But that's yeah. like, so that is scripted, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know, like when I did that, I knew exactly what I could say, what exactly what I could say. Points. Yeah. How to redirect back to my points. And I could, I could talk for three hours and never yeah. say anything, which is an <laughs> awesome skill to have. Yeah. So yeah. But now like I, there's stuff I want to get out. And I find the problem is like we've, we've, we write a bit of a script now, which is nice. Just so we know, we remember the events we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, but I, I like that. I like being able to, uh, to still have fun with it, but then I, I get angry when I forget stuff. Right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I forgot about that event. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Damn. We're still learning. Like I, this. I mean, just long story short, this is the first podcast I think for either of us that we've kind of had yeah. as our product or our yeah. baby, right? And I'm coming from a comms politics background, and so I mean, I'm generally regarded as a talker, but I've never. I've always been back. Like I've been kind of. Um, not the uh, public-facing roles. I've been more mm. in terms of um, a, a, a kind of backroom communications yeah, position. Messaging right. and, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But so it's it's kind of weird to hear your own voice. That was a little <laughs> bit of a um, adjustment, and you know, I starting to kind of get used to the sound of my own voice. Yeah. But it's a uh, it's an interesting process. I, and like everybody, like I think we all we all hate our, the sound of our voice. <laughs> like I know I hate mine, and when I hear it, I'm just like. Um, I love Alex's intros because whenever we talk, he's like, hey, it's Alex. And I like, uh, he gets so Welcome to the morning zoo. It's DJ and the Bear. In a way, it's like, Dapper Dapper Dapper. But it's how I psych myself into it, right? Yeah. Like, that's why I'm yeah. always like right off the cuff. I'm like, yes, we're going to do this. And then I'm like, all right, cool. Now I'm like in the mindset. And now he's back to through. You should start yeah. off with a hip hop freestyle like Dan Harmon does. Oh, no, there's He can't freestyle, but yeah, No, but if you force yeah. yourself into it, even if it's bad, like it's supposed to be bad, but it. 
just like taking the alternate route to work, it opens up the neural pathways in the brain that sort of yeah. open the cre- unlock that's creativity. Where, that's where my sh- like I, I always loved um, like old old news, old local news teases, right? Like coming yeah. up at eleven, you know, <laughs> a bunch of terrible shit happened. Yeah, it's the weather, you know, and I love that. You know, just going from like positive to negative, and and you know, you're 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 trying to lure people into listening. Yeah. Right? yeah. So to me, like that's the that's the hook, right? Is he my kind of like the is this SNL skit that Jimmy Fallon um, kind of shepherded? No, 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 <laughs> he didn't. He he did kind of break uh, a couple times uh, each episode. They did it, but it was like this, like. Um, KRP, whatever, like like a like, yeah. like a like yeah. a local radio station, and he just did this like fully on like smarmy DJ boy, yeah. and like with the sound effects and like the like all those yeah. things, and I just like to me that's, I mean, no radio station actually sounds like that, but it is this kind of. Um, Amalgam of all these uh, tropes of radio, and yeah. so well, radio, I, I like that because it's voice. It has to be over, not over the top, but just so much more engaging. And uh, that's be theatrical, almost. yeah. A little and bit. I, yeah. I grew up on on AM radio, right? okay, which is like, I'm a, a child of the '80s and the '90s. And uh, you know, we like I grew up in South Florida. We had these amazing uh, people like Neil Rogers on on QAM and. Uh, Kevin Kitchens, who was an FM guy, and just these these voices that you I can still hear, right? right? Like, and it's it's so interesting the way that they would engage with the audience, and then they were like, you know, these community people too, which was really cool. But um, you know, it's yeah, but it's those tropes, right? Yeah. The, the drop, like I have all these drops on my laptop. We're like, one day we're gonna do cool AM drops, and yeah. no one's gonna get them because it's gonna be you know Miami references from the eighties. We but need to get a soundboard. I'm of laugh. Just like- I have one on my yeah. phone. Oh, I'm just like. I still do like I do them in in the way that I talk to my kids because I'll I have these drops in my head and I know my my friends from university do the same thing and like we'll just randomly say stuff to our kids that are like these old drops from AM yeah and uh, my wife sometimes just like I don't even know what that means right like, <laughs> doesn't well, matter doesn't uh, matter well, what's unfortunate is that I th- I feel like I maybe like a little later is where I sort of picked up all my radio isms from like uh, isms meaning like everything sort of what you're getting at. Um, but when I took broadcasting, our, our teachers and our faculty was made up of all people who were in broadcasting and they just, because of the way it was when we were in school, like 2005 through eight, um, all they wanted to do was hammer out of our head, any idea of those really fun days of radio. Mm. And like, it was just, it was kind of cold. Teachers, man. I mean, no, I don't mean it like that, but I had a similar, well, I took creative writing and I loved rhyming poetry and my poetry teachers were like, why are you rhyming? Like, that's so (laughs) old. Like, you know, try, you know, mixed verse, broken sentences, all this stuff. And I was like, but I like sonnets and, and there was a weird, like, this is what I grew up with and, and, and I appreciated that form. And so I feel like. I think there's a there's something to be said for um, the way these these kind of nostalgic and um, familiar tropes. I think that they're um, I think that they're cliches for a reason, right. and I think that yeah. that's a nice thing. I don't think we need to like escape it. I like them as uh, as building blocks, right? So if you if you don't know these the kind of history of your of your not that we're artists in any way shape or form but if you don't Artists. know the history of your art and the, or the history of your trade or whatever it happens to be and don't really understand like the evolution of why you went from one thing to another then you're not going to be able to do anything new like if you were a plumber and you you, you know you went from like you know obviously not don't use lead pipe anymore but you went from like galvanized to copper to like the plastic tubing now like if you don't understand the history of all that was used how are you good at what you do? And the same thing for, for any trade or art. Yeah. It's, you have to understand the history of what you're doing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And um, it's not fun to just like be like, this is, this is what I love, the aspects that I sort of want to bring to it. Um, I not being myself necessarily, but it's kind of like, should I sit and wait till it, this comes back? <laughs> It's cool again. No, bring pump it up back. the volume and all that. Yeah. You yeah. fight the power. You, but what is it? Um, uh, so be it. That yeah, was the line from Pump Up the Volume. And, yeah. <laughs> so be it. And I, I always hated the idea of of feeling like this is what's big in this area or this bigger area around me or whatever. This is what's big now in the thing. And trying, sorry, I lost myself in the sentence. Yeah. I'm drowning. No, I, I always hated the idea of looking at 
the what's what's now and being like how do i fit and become it how do i wear the same clothes i i prefer to whether it's out of style or not in style yet i'm like what can i do that's not being done i think what what how can i do a show that's not going to please everybody but can please everybody yeah and I think it's also not just what's being done or not being done, but what's true to you, right? Like, what is what I want to be putting out there? Maybe it's already being done, but the difference is that I would do it and I would put my own kind of stamp on it, which would make it a bit different, you know? Yeah. Or maybe it's I want to totally reinvent the wheel on this one and, and you know, throw all convention to the wind. And I think that more more to kind of not focus on what other people are doing, but just like, how do you create a product that you personally are satisfied with that you as a consumer would want to seek out and listen to. Right. And I think that that's generally like one of the best quality control um, mechanisms that exist are like, do I like this? Do I have like an interest in this? Um, You know, and you kind of have to be a bit self-reflective and not just kind of, um, there's a term in creative writing of like, it's called kill your babies. But like, if there's, if there's a, if there's a concept that you love, you probably should maybe consider not having it because you're probably not thinking super critically about it. And you just like, like it too much. Right. But also, you know, let them grow too and see what they turn into. Right. I, I notice now, like, because I have younger kids, and they—they're not on social media, and they never will be because it's all trash. But they—they they understand the concept of like lights. Can you be and my shares. kids' babies? Yeah, or I, my I, kids' dad. I, my I kids' baby. Yeah. <laughs> this it's, is uh, your new grandfather, Alex. Can we warp time will, and just fuck shit up, and you can be my kids' them. babies? Yeah, but the. Um, but I, they, they, my eldest, who's who's almost nine, like she, she knows that. Like she's like, you know, she like, oh, are you gonna post that on Facebook or how many likes? And and I'm like, no, I, I don't. And then I see it in her work, right? Because she does like she does comics, right? Like that's her yeah. thing. And so she's talking, awesome. She's like, do you do you like this? I'm like, listen, it doesn't matter. Like, and I'm like, and maybe I'm like over the top. I'm like, it doesn't matter what I think. Like, do you like it? Like, just do it for you. Like, she'd only ever do like, especially yeah. at, at her age. Like, yeah. Do shit for you. Like when I was that age, like there was nothing, right? There's no yeah. internet, right? So I just did stuff for me and I liked it. And, you know, sometimes I'd share it with friends, but then I didn't want anyone to judge my work, so I didn't share anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it made me a better person because I also I knew what I liked and I knew what I didn't like. And then now when I have to deliver product for customers or clients or whatever, yeah. I know that I'm I'm doing what I want to do because it's I, I like it, but then I also know how to make other people like the work that I'm doing for them or make the work that they need. Make it accessible. Yeah, make it accessible and do a bunch of really cool stuff. And I'm not thinking about, you know, likes or who thinks about this thing or whatever. Like it's just, yeah. and, and then the day, like the podcast, I do it for like for yeah. us. It kind of came from just us wanting to try a new way of it was getting, out, of that, yeah. out, of, out of anger one yeah. day. Where I'm like, I'm going to do my own podcast to hell with this. And then we just did. And then we kept doing um, it. So anger is a gift. Yes. Rage against the machine. <laughs> Well, on the social level, and I, I really want to properly it, properly introduce and promote Why Waterloo, but I think that's the fucking thing on the social level where the internet, as I as I kind of bring, bring up from time to time, it does affect the, the way we interact and the way we, or with ourselves even, and most importantly with ourselves because there's the culture that don't know anything before the internet that bases their self-value on how they dress up in front of their phones and how dress up meaning anything not just clothes um how they present themselves like online that digital version of themselves and and how they feel about themselves based on a response Mm -hmm. as opposed to just being their own self and i think that's for me that's the wall i've always wanted to kick against because i got to see the internet become mainstream and become what it is today with those who are born this century and and what my fears are regarding that. And I don't know. Do you yeah. want to bounce off that? Well, I just think about being a teenage girl in like the year 2000 and how um, Me too. How I was that a teenage was. girl. Yeah, I know. So who, who wasn't? Yeah. <laughs> Alex. Mm. Um, but well, like... I um I keep reading this stuff about how teenagers now have incorporated social media into the entire social hierarchy of what it is to be a teenager and just imagine like having a bad day at high school and then going home and not being able to disconnect from that 
yeah. just being chased home by it. So, I mean, I don't, I don't have kids. Um, I hope to one day, but I'm super cognizant of the fact that like, it's not going to be like it was when I was growing up and yeah. you know, I'm going to have to give them Instagrammable moments for them to be able to put those out there to mm. do that social capital. And I know maybe I don't have to, but like I'm, I'm, I want to, I want to be supportive. I don't want to be like that mom. That's like, doesn't understand. And so yeah. I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about that of like, how do you, um, how do you be a, a, a positive kind of force when so much of it is out of your control and it's all just about kind of image and, and, and very superficial. Well, that's, yeah. th- I think that's, that's the key, which is everything has become just so thin, so superficial. Um, it's my wife and I, like we look at each other's phones all the time because we, we make fun of people's stuff on Instagram. Right. Yeah. So she'll show me her feed and I'll look at, and I'll, she'll look at mine. Good to and, know. But she'll come through. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but she'll like, look at stuff. And she's like, who's this person? Like, and it's like, I follow like a lot of people and I'm like, Oh, it's just, it's this weird, like need for, I'm, I got lost in my thing too. It's it's shocking to me what people will put online. Yeah. It's just like and like I'm a pretty like I'm an open ish person. Yeah. When I see stuff and then whether it's like, you know, baby related stuff or dating stuff or anniversary like it's like the the worst is always the people who are and sorry for anybody who I know who does this. Um but like if you're on a date night and it's like, you know, date night and I'm like but you're on a we don't get out that much like we 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 try not to like abuse babysitters or my in-laws so we don't get we when we get out like we're out their phones are in like purses and pockets yeah like maybe check to see if the babysitter called and that's it like we just go out we you know we have dinner we have a couple drinks it's awesome but this idea of like a free night and you need to like broadcast that to literally the world yeah is just it's insane to me and i don't I don't get it. Like if I go to like the library in an event and I'm like, I'm like, I'm yeah, the it's a promotional like, tool in, yeah, in a lot of those yeah, ways. That makes sense. Like yeah. I'm at the library. It's an event. They, yeah. you know, it's expected. But the private, the private moments for me, it's the, um, I'm, I'm, I'm public private in a way, like as yeah. I'm community relations manager at community tech, I should probably. So I, I do consider a large part of what I do in evenings an extension of my work, right? I, I go to events, I'm representing community tech, even if, you know, it's off outside of like work hours. Right. And so I do consider a lot of it public and kind of a little bit of a check. I was there and it, and it I don't know if it's like effective or whatever, but that is, yeah. I I do internalize as a part of my job, but then there's these kinds of intimate thoughts and moments that sometimes people share. And yeah. those are the ones that I find, um, uh, make me uncomfortable because right. I don't know you that well. And I don't know how to, um, process this intimacy. Um, right. and, and, and so there's that kind of weird element to social media of, knowing perfect strangers too, too well. And like sometimes like some of the, you know, when people are having like meltdowns on the internet, I find that just so uncomfortable because this is a private moment that you are sharing with everybody. It's funny because that's the last episode. Katie and I talked about that. So I don't know. It's just sometimes I, um, I wonder, I wonder how much, um, how much uh, thoughtfulness is going into it and how much of it is just like a knee jerk or whatever. But I will say it was a knee jerk and I, I, I had instant regret yeah. for sure. And I, I also agree with you at the same time. And I'm sorry to, to have ranted. No, no, no. I, I yeah. Uh, so my thought on it, that's just my thought. Um, I, I agree with you on the equation. Like everyone's going to have a different equation for what is private. Like, I know people who do like gender reveal videos on Facebook, yeah. right? right? Which I think, I, I think a number of things about gender reveal. I do part. too. I gender is a construct. Yeah, it's a total um, construct. But <laughs> to me, that's again, it's a it's more or less a private thing. Like you're yeah. sharing, you know, this this information that's important to you, but you're sharing it, and you're not just sharing it with your friends. You're sharing it with Facebook and whoever Facebook shares that data with, and a whole bunch of other things, right? So yeah. that's out there, and that's it's to me that's weird. What I find though is on the. Um, like especially on Facebook because I still have an account and I go on and every so often I'll, I'll scroll down below the fold which I shouldn't do yeah. and it'll be like you know now of course today with the the snow the, over the weekend it's you know the sidewalk 
people are back on yes. again. And, and I, I firmly believe that the cities of Kitchener and Waterloo should shovel the si- or clear the sidewalks. Yeah. It's ridiculous that we don't do it. If you have, if you're a parent, you have a stroller or a, a, if you have mobility if you're issues, mobility issues. If you're elderly, anything. It's just so difficult to get around of this. It's it's a little bit of a tax increase, and we should do it. And that's that's that. But then it's like then you get these groups that are just like fighting with each other about it, and then you mm-hmm. know it becomes it's it's that or it's cycling mm-hmm. or it's you know, name it, right? There's a whole bunch of things that you can come up and it's nothing gets done because it becomes this weird, like horse race almost. Well, it's like, a, I was going to say circus, right? Okay. Because it's a, it's a distraction, right? Yeah. I mean, if you think of like bread and circuses, I mean, that's what social media has become. Yeah. It's, a, it's a distraction because people who have the energy to actually make this change are so embroiled on this, you know, free internet debate instead of actually putting their yeah. efforts in somewhere. So one of my like little secrets is that um, I'm one of those people that writes letters to elected officials. Um, I do that uh, more often than uh, most people would would do. And it could just be like a note to my MP or it could be, you know, copy pasted BCC to all, you know, 338 of them. Um, And the reason why I do it is because I'm coming from a politics background And there is an actual equation there of um, every letter that any kind of MP's office received, they assume about 100 to 1,000 people feel the same way because they understand that there is – that the the actual kind of um, trigger for one person to do it means that there is a wide kind of feeling of that way. So they get 300 letters. That's a huge deal even though 300 people is, you know, 0.001% of their constituency. There is an opposite equation for social media and it can get to be, you know, once it goes viral, then they will. But there, it's, it's not taken yeah. as seriously because I think that there is a sense of distrust in that mob mentality that sometimes happens on social media where somebody who is an influencer will be able to just kind of influence the people who um, follow them or agree with them generally. But those people who agree with them generally, generally don't have a stake in the matter and generally don't have um, personal education about the issue. So you actually see the opposite where if, you know, 30, 40 people are railing against something on Twitter or whatever, a politician will be much faster to dismiss that than if 30, 40 people wrote a letter to their elected official. That would drain the blood from the face of any elected official. And Mm -hmm. so I think that there is something to be said for taking what happens on social media with a grain of salt. And sometimes people get real. So I, I used to work in social media. I've had a lot of really weird like not real, well, like a lot of uh, different kinds of career paths. And one of the things that I found was um, people have this weird idea of when you put something on the internet, that's permanent. I mean, no, people change. People like, I yeah. delete posts. Sometimes I that said something a week ago and I'm like, oh, that I went too far on that yeah. one. Like, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to, I don't want this to, you know, have people to think that like this Get is out how of my I brain. feel. I know, exactly. And so like, I'm totally fine with, that and I think that I so I look at social media as a snapshot, a collection, but not like this be all end all. And I think that that's a healthier kind of way of looking at it's it. A, of just moment, you know, it's like a diary. It's a moment in time, exactly. Um, Get up on the mic. Sorry, I, sorry. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a it's a diary. Like I I kind of look at it now, and you know, Facebook has that you know your memories, yeah. which I use as a way to delete my posts from this day <laughs> yeah. over the last ten years, and and eventually I'll have deleted everything. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I wonder, like, you know, I know people who do who write diaries, and I I, I think it's a healthy thing to do because it's you want to capture where your mind was in a certain place, and it's it's interesting to go back and look at that a week or a month or a year later and yeah. go, you know, a year ago this is what I thought about this, right? And like now I know I'm in this different place. Social media doesn't give you that option for reflection, even though like this stuff is there, you can go back and look at it. It's such a like a visceral reaction yeah. sometimes. Um, and you know, your, your point about letter writing is so interesting to me because I look at if, if you take the time to write a letter, 
like you're you're taking time out of your day you're putting some thought into it yeah. there's a process there's there's, there's an leg earned, work. it's earned right yeah. and then with social it's just like you're just retweeting or tweeting something or posting on facebook and uh like granted these are not like epic letters i'm writing they're like no, no, five no. to seven sentences of hello i live in this riding this is my concern this is what i would like to see please you know respond but at in, your convenience thank you with regards to these like it's not like it's the same to me as like uh, as holiday cards right or christmas bit, cards yeah. which is if, yeah. if when i get a christmas card from someone in the mail first it makes me realize that i again for the you know I'm decades in now of not sending Christmas cards to anybody, um, and I feel bad about it. But then I'm like, but they they took they took the time to do that, and then I'll get like an email one, right? Like, oh, from our family to yours. And I'm like, well, you know, you just probably who knows how many people you sent this to. Like, you know, for someone to take the time to like write my address on a on a envelope and put a stamp on it and send it through the system, like that took a, that was a lot of effort to deliver this thing that's going to go on my fridge. Yeah. So I think that's a funny thing because we've kind of gotten back to that whole analog thing that we were talking about before, how we kind of yeah. value these traditional things as, but I don't think it necessarily means, like I buy cards from the internet, I write, I jot down like three things. I don't think it necessarily yeah. takes less time to write a, you know, handwritten yeah. thoughts yeah. on a card than it does to write, you know, think about a good email and, and send that to somebody. But we value that ta- like um, tangible and, mm-hmm. um, and, and visceral kind of, 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 of whatever the equivalent of like mouthfeel is, but like, of just like, you feel like you've gotten <laughs> something like, that was made for you. Yeah. Mouth. Like yeah, there's, there's something, there's something um, Intimate, physical almost. about it. Yeah. yeah. Intimate. Yeah. yeah. You know what? It's, I, th- I think of, uh, well, no, I just came up with this, but it's kind of like the analog brain way of thinking. Uh, what I mean by that is that um, you can talk to people in person. Uh, you, you two and I right now, we just met today in person, right? We, we can talk and we don't have to, uh, you know, we, the thing that I'm going to say in this, in this next minute, I didn't edit. I didn't ask friends what they thought of it before I said it to you. I didn't have a chance to. And my brain is able to work that way because... It's processed thoughts. The one thing I tried to do this year, and I haven't been as... It's gone better as one of my New Year's resolutions than than a lot of things have gone, but... Are we back on bullet journaling? (laughs) You stop that. It's it's almost four months Sorry. now, yeah. no, and no, it's no, working really, really well for me. It. Okay, it's like the longest I've kept up any kind of productivity thing. Um, <laughs> but journaling is the truth. Um, no, it's the um, and I get this all like we get this all the time because we're, we're we walk around a lot because that's our job. Um, but someone's like, yeah, we should really get coffee soon or grab a beer soon. And it's like it's it's BS, right? Because like we don't do it, like we don't like we're, we right. say it. It's almost like us saying like goodbye instead of saying goodbye. We're like get a beer soon. Yeah. Um, so what I've tried to do and I've been better at is like okay when. Right. Right. And it's weird how like there's – to me, I find two different reactions. One is like absolute shock at being put on the spot of being like, oh, oh you mean- I meant that as like a kind of a platitude, yeah. not that we're actually going to do it. It's just kind of like slang. Um, and the other people are like, okay, like next Wednesday at like, like five? And I'm like, yeah, okay, Wednesday five, wherever. And it becomes a thing. And then we go. It's like a half an hour, maybe an hour. We have a coffee, we have a beer. We talk normally like people. Yeah, um, analog. And it it, it – it, 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 brings me like happiness right because yeah. I, I like talking to people i want to have i want to have better friendships right like, you know you think about like facebook right? how many friends yeah. do you have on facebook and it's they're not friends right like i know a lot of them and i've had you know i went to high school with a few or university with a few or i've worked with others but we like there's very few people for, even from job to job that i find that like you have built friendships with and you keep right yeah um and i have some of those and those people i want to keep in touch with and I find like a lot of, especially like Twitter's a different beast because I, I love Twitter and we'll never Me break too. up. Uh, I like the idea of it, but okay. But, but Facebook, <laughs> I find I'm like there's no value for Facebook. Very for me, little. Right? Where Twitter, yep. I'm like, there's still like, I get a lot of, of event news there, not not actual news because that's well, where a Where else do you go news. for breaking news than Twitter? Like, I don't understand where people go. Do you go, to, you go to a website? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's not going to work. Like, you have to go to Twitter. And so they have created a, a very valuable resource in that way that well, I can kind of find out about things as they're happening. Twitter, I find, can still be fun. Like, fun. Because yeah. Instagram is very presented and curated yeah. and, and, 
and like we're all and I like Instagram fake. stories because they're yeah. lower stake. I yeah. I rarely post Instagram pictures because I'm like, look at all More these stories. like. Yeah, I like. Well, but I'll look at like our Communitech account, and like we wouldn't have posted like a like an Instagram photo for like three days, and mm. my gut reaction is like, oh, we're, we're, did we not schedule something? Like, should we be doing this? And then I'm like, oh, that's right, we've done stories like every day for like the last like six days, and that's where people interact with us. And yeah, the story thing is interesting because it is it's it, it can be still more fun where it's not as fake. And that but that takes me back to Twitter. And it's lower production value, too. Yeah. But so that means it's just like it's it's easier, it's funner. It's like you can just have a snapshot of a moment and that's I think a really valuable thing to be able to share as opposed to a highly curated, edited image of something which is still valuable, but it's um it's a different type of creation. And yeah. I, I prefer the more rough around I, the edges. I type like of creation. And I think Twitter can still be absurd. Yeah. Which is in a good way, right? Like there's obviously a lot of like like misogyny and racism and horrible, like horrible stuff on Twitter, which like, I, I just, I still can't get how anyone can do that. I don't understand it. But yeah. the, if you, if you're lucky enough not to be involved in that, like uh, Twitter is absurd still. Like it's a weird Funny. communication well, tw- channel. Twitter is nothing more than a piece of paper. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the people who use it. It's like a whiteboard. Yeah. It's like a bunch of people who just write messages and then you kind of get to sift through yeah. the ones yeah. that well, are it's, appealing to you. Think of it like a like a, the the brick wall in on the neighborhood school. Jerry was here. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. humanity has those people that are going to write under it Jerry sucks dicks <laughs> or, you know, and then fuck you Dave, I know it was you. You know, but like if that And that is Twitter, yeah. <laughs> Twitter is just the the wall. The people, the humanity of it is yeah. the, that people are going it's, to be. It's funny. I went to um, I went to this summer camp once when I was in high school, and it was like a stay like a stay over thing for like six weeks. It was a long camp. What? Yeah, yeah. I, never did I was like an adult camp. basically. Um, <laughs> and uh, but we had this like the head. We stayed in a university dorm, and the see, head yeah. the head but person you came out of it smoking cigars with like a beard. <laughs> I, uh, I yeah, I was interested. It's yeah, it was, no, I learned a going. lot at that I'm camp, sorry. but. Um, it was a good camp, but anyways, it was at Northwestern in Chicago. It was cool or at Evanston, um, but the 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 head person of the of the camp of the program was like, "I have one rule for you, right? While you're here, before everyone's like sixteen, seventeen, so like hormones and you know a whole bunch of shit, right? So it's like, uh, this was is it coed a, though? It was coed. Yeah. So it was. Kidding. It was. But no, and, I'm not. But she said, and I and her name was Pam, and I still to this day I still remember it. And it's like it's one of the guiding, like if I was Robocop, it's one of my prime directives. It's like before you do anything, ask yourself, is this stupid? <clears throat> Right, and she just had it up on the like the main poster board in the place, or whatever you call poster plaque, whatever the thing yeah. is, yeah. board. And like to this day, like that was in 1993 that I went to that camp. And to this day, there's not a day goes by before I tweet something or send an email or like you know teach my kids a life lesson. It's like, is this stupid? And there's times where I'm like, yeah, this really is stupid. And I just take a step back. Yeah, and it's such a. It's a, again, you think about a constraint. I've put a constraint on myself that helps me out of bad situations, right? Because yeah. I don't get into them by saying. And sometimes the frustration is that those of us who think like that want so badly for all of humanity to think like that. And the frustration comes when I actively look at stuff that applies that people, so many people who use and know how to use the same Twitter I do don't think like that. Yeah. They, they just vomit out a response. Well, it's like it's like driving, though, right? It's like I know how to drive, and like I know other people how to drive. What are you doing? It says no left turn on on, yeah. on King and Victoria, and why are you making a left turn there? It's been six months. Yeah, but it's you know that's that's the the inherent problem. Yeah. So am, am I a better person if I don't if I allow it to happen and not let it bother me, or? A better person if I actively try to change things. I think you, who you are as a person, is at all really dependent on other people's actions. So I think it is about how you um, choose to exist vis-a-vis other people. Um, I don't think you should. I mean, I don't let things bother me. I sometimes I do, and I and I regret it every single time. I let some you know, racist, whatever person, like get under my skin. And it's usually Mm. like, I have specific kind of like pressure points Mm. and I know them and I'm sensitive to them. Um, I regret it later because I was like, you got the best of me and I don't like that. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be, um, a reactionary person. I want to be a, 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 a even keel kind of person. Um, but it's hard. And I think that we should just be very, like, I think we should forgive ourselves more. 
Yeah. I'm not about like beating yourself up. I'm not about kind of um, taking it out on yourself. If you didn't do what you wanted to do, next time try and do better. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Like it, it, it doesn't have to be rocket science. It's yeah. just, you know, always try and be better, always try and be kind. And, you know, hopefully everything I, works out. I think it's, I know a couple people who aren't on social media. What? I know. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like an interesting thing to me. Cause I've, like, I've been on it since it's been on, right? Like 2008. Yeah. I got my Twitter. You've been on this platform for nine years, yeah. notification on Sunday. Yeah. But it's, nine uh, years. but when I meet, wow. like, and I talk, and they're, they're not any less, they're, they're no less stressed about life than I would say I am, right? Like yeah. they have their same, you know, anxieties about like just earning a living and taking care of families or whatever, yeah. like all that kind of stuff that we all do. Um, but they, but they're not triggered by, they're not triggered by this onslaught of like, you know, can you believe this happened and we should get like angry about it? Yeah. I'm like, but I'm not, and not to say that you shouldn't get involved in things, right? But there's like you got to pick and choose and you know it's like you know think globally act locally but there's stuff you know can you believe this happened in like Kansas I'm like I've never even been to Kansas I don't I don't care like and I don't mean to be like I don't yeah. care because maybe there's some big no, injustice like- but like I got to do what I can do here right and there's a whole bunch yeah. of stuff that we need to fix here so the fact that I can get like and people get triggered by something that happens far away that not that it doesn't have an impact on you but you know, those same things are probably happening here, yeah. but you're, you're, you're angry about this thing, right? You yeah. know, it's like, yeah. it's, there, and it happens all the time. And it's, it's, I, I see these people who aren't on and their, their energy is very much local. And that is a better way to be. We don't, we don't need to be as global as we are. Like you should know what's happening in the world and understand like geopolitics and a bunch of other stuff. But like, understand like, this is what's going to happen in Crimea. That's important. <laughs> But like <laughs> understanding, like you know, uh, this you know, is what's happening on Northfield. But it's like you know, I feel if, bad about the like the way my laugh just came out at that. So, yeah. what, for me. but there's a but, and like there, there's a whole like yeah, the only example I can think of, like you know, it's like if if like a cake shop discriminates against somebody, yeah, that's terrible. Like it is, and discrimination's awful. But like that, like the cake shop's not here. If yeah, you're not. Cake you weren't going to buy from that cake shop. Yeah. But if there's a cake shop here, they discriminate against somebody because they're like a same-sex couple. Yeah, like we be all over that. Like that makes sense. We're gonna, you know, this is our community, and we need to support each other. And so, yeah. if 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 someone's being, or if you know, the police did something bad or whatever, like those are the kind of things. But like, and you should be concerned about it on a global level. But like, take action here, yeah, or wherever you happen to live. And I think that I just think. kind of bringing it back to what we're trying to do with Why Waterloo um, is kind of yeah, right. Uh, that. Um, <laughs> what are you a superhero? <laughs> <laughs> is um is is how do you encourage that local participation? How do you kind of encourage people to take more stake in what's yeah. going on and to find out more about what's going mm. on in a positive way, right? And it's a challenge and sometimes it feels like a little bit like like banging on the doors to a you know a building that seems like it's closed but you're not really sure. Um but you feel like there's people moving inside and you can kind of hear it, but you just want them to come out. Yeah. And so, um, we, we have like, we have these challenges that we are focused on, on like a hyper local level of trying to say, listen, like we, we have the vantage. We're a super connected planet right now. We can see what's going on in other places. We have the, the advantage of, of, of foresight and hindsight when it comes to a lot of specific issues, we can see where other people are. We can understand where we want to be as a community vis-a-vis other communities. Right? So I think knowing how other communities are operating, what their problems are is really important for that perspective. But at the end of the day, you have to be invested in your community because that's where you, that's your neighbors. That's like, you know, you walk down the street, like that's your home. And, and you, you, it's, it's important to have an investment in that. And it's important to feel invested because that's how you give more. And that's how you give more of yourself to making a better community for people who might not have the same um, opportunities as you have to kind of um, engage in the ways that you have chosen to engage, right? Mm. And so when we have our podcast and we have guests and stuff, we try and get... Like last week we had um, uh, someone from Greenlight Arts and we hadn't had an arts guest before. And that was just like, I was listening to us talking with him and I was just like, my mind was like, like something went off in my mind because I was like, this is a whole part of our community that we haven't even like dove into. And I like, we're so excited to do more of that stuff. And so I think that there is 
a certain amount of balance that's involved, right? Of like knowing what's going on is very, very important because you can't be insular and you can't be like have your blinders on, but it's also really important to be, to have an outcome um, and, and to have some kind of um, a, an outlet for that, for that knowledge. And so whether it's, um, you know, community building, whether it's getting involved in arts, whether it's like writing a letter to your counselor, whatever it is, that's what I would like like to be the outcome of Why Waterloo and of you know some of the stuff that we're doing on the community side is to make people who are or to create citizens who are more invested in what's going on in town. Yeah. The way I look at it, sort of, or the phrasing I use, which is not as good, is that it's good to know how to develop this as as human beings, but to, to process your empathy and just like. Another way of saying act locally would be, well, how do I apply my empathy for this situation into my daily life? Mm-hmm. If I feel bad that there is racism going on over here, over there, way over there, way over here, uh, well, how do I treat everyone I interact with? Yeah. And, you know, when people want to complain about things on social media, but they're not actually leaving the house and doing something to create the world they want to live in, yeah. it's it's better to, to actively... to positively changed things, I guess. And I think when we were talking about uh, social media and that kind of veneer that people put out there, um, we have a cynicism about what goes on on social media as though it's only just on social media. We don't know. Maybe there is, maybe that's not a constructed image. Maybe that is real. Or maybe, you know, um, that advocacy that's happening on social media is also happening in their political or private lives. We we don't know. And so I think that we need to check our cynicism sometimes in terms of just kind of assuming that everybody's a slacktivist which is not necessarily the case. Um, but I think also um, encouraging those person-to-person interactions, encouraging um, you know, human empathy and emotion and all that stuff is just beautiful and necessary. So we yeah. need to be... I mean, we need to be... Oh, you also need to have empathy. Otherwise, I think you should be locked up. But. <laughs> you, do, you do. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's something I try to work on all the time. Like, I know I'm not as empathetic as I... Um, as I need to be. Um, so I'm working on that. But yeah, I think your point about um, about viewing through that veneer of stuff, it's, it's interesting to me when I find out people in real life when you find out someone volunteers at like, you know, at Meals on Wheels and you just didn't know it and they don't broadcast it. It's just something they do, yeah. right? And it's really, it's really great that that happens, right? Because you're like, this is cool. Like, I didn't know this about you. You volunteer your time. It's really great. And yeah, there are times when I see people who do it and then they like broadcast that they're doing it. It does sometimes it's like, are you doing it to broadcast because you want more people to get involved? Are you doing, you know, you just don't know. Yeah. And then Intentions. Are, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's trying to how to. How so to, I just try and for my own actual peace of mind, I just try and assume everybody has good intentions Yeah. and you know, maybe they don't, maybe they do. I have no yeah. way of knowing that's internal to them. Beca- you just become jaded. You just exactly become <laughs> just, a cynic if, yeah. and that hurts you as a yeah. person. If you just assume yeah. everybody has negative intentions from the get go, you start to look at people less um, optimistically, yeah. and I think that yeah. affects who you are and how you engage with other Cynicism people. Right? Is a, is a, it's, is it's a cancer. A, it's not. It's not yeah. good for you. And so I think, generally speaking, I try and assume that everybody is coming at it with good intentions, uh, whether I agree with them or not, um, or whether I understand them or not. Is me? That's me, yeah. and that's and that's on me, and that's I not on them, right? The I I judge. No, I don't judge. <laughs> you hear that cynicism? Stop being snotty little you. bitch. Yeah. Be nicer to humans. Be but nicer. Language. We have language because, sort of going back to what you're saying about actively being social, we have language because it's the facilitator of one brain to another. Yeah. Of things that are more like, oh, were you going to go this way? It's, it's this amazing, like language of any of any kind and platforms of any kind. Um, we we need to use them. To, to do that, to create the world we want to live in, I think. And in, instead of being cynical, you can always approach someone and be like, like, how and why do you think that? And language really matters. And um, trying intent? to meet people where they are really matters, right? Yeah. And I have this whole, you know, the golden rule of like, do unto others as you would have done unto you. I don't You made that? No, no. I oh. mean, no, it's like, <laughs> no. I think it's existed before me. But like, It's in a book. It's in a book somewhere. But I, I disagree with it fundamentally. Because if you're just thinking about you, 
and you're projecting how you want to be treated onto other people, you're missing out on so much communication because people are telling you how they want to be treated. And it's important to listen to people and and meet them where they are, not to expect them to come to where you are as though where you are is automatically correct or is automatically sound, right? And so I think that we need to like forget ourselves a little when we are talking to other people because I think that kind of we – we can put a lot of our garbage onto other people if we don't stop and 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 consciously try and eliminate that. You just wrinkle my brain. <laughs> but no, like I instantly agree with that. But on that journey, you have people like Alex and Bisan here doing a wicked awesome podcast called Why Waterloo. Here on the show, we have uh, them uh, talking to me about stuff, and you could dibbies. You could go to. Ywaterloo.ca. HTTP semicolon front slash front slash. Yeah, that's SSL on there. Yeah, oh crap. Yeah, Um We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. It's Ywaterloo.ca on both of those platforms. And then we're also just on Twitter. I'm at B E I S A N, and Alex is Alex Kinsler. Yeah. I love the show, guys, and I appreciate you being very nice to me and coming over and everything. Um, the Why Waterloo is is fun. It's highbrow. At the same time, it's uh, stimulating to listen to because you are getting informed of a lot of stuff that that you might not otherwise know about. And for me, I know absolutely nothing other than the word tech about what's going on downtown and the in the tech thing. I'm like, do you build robots? What is it? Some of them build robots. There's some robots going on. There's like AI. Like I found out that machines can learn. No, they should not. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you know what? Shit. Maybe if uh, there's a po- there's a possibility that I can open up a podcast studio one day, I'll get my shit together and I'll go down and and not knock on some doors and and get kicked. But thank you for coming on the show. And uh, thank you for having us. This is great. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Todd Donald Show. Starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music in the rap is by J.P. Sunga, who you can find at jpsunga.com. The theme music is Mackie Alkino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band. And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it. Follow and interact with at Todd Donald Show on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends. 